Hallelujah. It's a lot of fun always to preach on Sunday night to a bunch of radical Christians coming to church on a Sunday night, you know. Praise the Lord. It's always good to be here with you, and uh, uh, we enjoy enjoy bringing the Word of God. Praise God. I don't know about you, but I, I, sometimes I just think, you know, especially with my job, you know, with what I get to do on a daily basis, teach the Bible. Oh, my goodness. You know, and I tell our students, I said, you get to come and study the Bible. That's what God's, that's what God set aside this time for you. Well, tonight's a time set aside for us to look at the Word of God also. Praise the Lord. I want to talk tonight about more, uh, it's kind of continuing theme, but being God inside minded. I want to talk about that. Let's go to Philemon chapter 1. This is kind of a jumping off place for, uh, for me lately. I had, I'll be honest with you, I had never seen this verse very much and hadn't read a whole lot of Philemon over the years. But uh, my nephew and my son started preaching from it. I learned so much from them, I thought I'd better read it for myself. And uh, there's, it's just so packed and leads you to some great things. Just another way to say, say some things, but God inside-minded. Now, let's remember before we read this, the Bible says that we are spirit beings. We have a soul and we live in a body. Everybody, everybody's probably talked to your body today or your body's talked to you, right? You've had to deal with that body today. Well, your soul, Brother Hagin said, with the, with the body, we, can, we contact this physical, natural realm. With our spirit, we contact the spiritual realm where God is head. But then with our soul, we contact that realm of reason or intellect. And your mind, your will, and your emotions are all part of your soul. Now, it is eternally connected to your spirit. The spirit's eternal. Spirits never cease to exist. They will live eternally, but they may not have eternal life. There's a difference. Live separated from God, you're not having life. If I'm separated from life, I can't have life. Do you understand that? I might be in existence, but that's not called life according to the Bible. And hell is an eternal place, and we don't want anybody to go there, right? And uh, God doesn't either, so that's why he sent Jesus, but he gave us a free will to make choices. But one of the things because of the new covenant is that the Spirit of God came to live on the inside of us. And the Spirit of God is God. He is God, God the Holy Ghost. And through the Holy Spirit, God the Father and God the Son live in us. And so uh, a lot of Christians, I think, uh, just go through life. And I don't know, have you ever caught yourself just kind of going through life, going through the motions, and you aren't really uh, that aware that the presence of God, the Almighty God is on the inside of you, that the greater one lives in, in you? I know I have. And so much of the time, you know, as Christians, we, if we listen to our prayers and others, we're praying for things that God's already put in us. Hello. And the answers are already in us. God's done that. But look here in Philemon. Of course, there's only one chapter, but we say chapter one. Let's start in verse four. It's the King James Version here. I thank my God making mention of thee always in my prayers, hearing of thy love and faith which you have towards the Lord Jesus and toward all saints, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you, in you, in Christ Jesus. Say, in me, in Christ Jesus. 
when I got in Christ, he put some good things in me. The very best is the Holy Ghost. God's spirit lives inside of every believer. We're going to look at some of that tonight. Remind ourselves. Kenneth Weiss translation. We may not have this for the screen, but Kenneth Weiss here in verse four says, I thank my God always remembering you on the occasions of my seasons of prayer, hearing constantly of your love and faith, your faith, which you have in the Lord Jesus and the divine and self-sacrificial love, which you show towards all the saints, remembering you in my prayer times, praying that the contribution of your faith, which faith you share in common with other believers, may become effective in the sphere of a full and perfect experiential knowledge of every good thing in us with a view to Christ. Now, I want you to, the part of it that really, that that that, that faith that we have would become effective. Now, how? When we operate in a full and perfect experiential knowledge of the good things that are in us. Now, if you read after Brother Hagin, he says that's all the time. He may not put it in those words, but he talked about knowing who we are in Christ. In him, Pastor Hagin said it this morning, understanding who we are in Christ is the foundation of the believer's authority. It is the foundation, really. And uh, we were talking about this one time, a group of ministers talking, and, and one of them made the statement I hadn't thought of. It said that in order to understand faith, you have to understand what, we're, what Brother Hagin taught about the authority of the believer. Not, not him only. There's others. There's others that uh, throughout uh, time have taught on the believer's authority. But in, in understanding what we're trying to say by faith, you know, people don't understand. What do you mean you can speak to the mountain and it has to move? What do you mean you believe you receive when you pray? How, who, you know, what do you mean all authority has been given to you in heaven and earth? Well, when you understand it's all because of being in Christ. And when we got in Christ, he put good things in us. All right. The Amplified Classic here, verse 4 says, I give thanks to my God for you always when I mention you in my prayers. Because I continue to hear of your love and your loyal faith, which you have towards the Lord Jesus, which you show toward all the saints, God's consecrated people. And I pray that the participation in and sharing of your faith may produce and promote full recognition and appreciation and understanding and precise knowledge of every good thing that is ours in our identification with Christ and unto his glory. Now notice that again. Experiential knowledge and precise knowledge, full and perfect experiential knowledge. Here he calls it uh, uh, full recognition and appreciation and understanding and precise knowledge of the good things that are in us. Amen. You know, they came to Jesus, uh, he, talking to him about their faith, and they want to increase your faith. He said, if you had faith as the grain of a mustard seed. They wanted, they thought their problem was they didn't have enough faith. He said, if you've got faith as a grain of a mustard seed, just act on that. So many times I think we're looking for more when more is already in us. Well, if I just had this, or if I just had that, well, are you acting on what's on the inside of you? Are you being God inside minded now? Amen. The new living translation, verse four. I always thank my God when I pray for you, Philemon, because I keep hearing about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people. I am, and I am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand 
and experience all the good things we have in Christ. Now, put that together with what, it, what Kenneth Weiss said about the experience. Knowing what we have in Christ is just one part. We're supposed to be experiencing those good things. There is something to be experienced by Christ being in us and us being in Christ. Amen. It's supposed, it's supposed to have an effect on our lives. Now, look over at Ephesians chapter 3, please. In Ephesians chapter 1, it talks about the resurrection power, that God raised Jesus from the dead. How many of you are glad God raised Jesus from the dead? Hallelujah. And what the Bible goes on in chapter 2, it said, when he raised him, he raised us. It says that same power, that what he wants us to know, what is the exceeding greatness of that power towards us who believe. According to, in chapter 1, he says, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And set him far above all principality and power and might and dominion, every name that is named, not only in this world, but the world which is to come. He raised him up, but he also seated him at the right hand of God. Well, in chapter 2, verses 4, 5, and 6, it says, he raised us up and seated us there at the right hand of God in Christ. And so that resurrection power is active on our behalf. But here in Ephesians chapter 3, He's talking here about, this is another one of Paul's prayers. He talks about uh, experiencing the fullness of God. But then he gets to verse 20. Look at verse 20. Ephesians 3.20. Here's the King James again. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. What kind of power is it? Well, in context of what he's been talking about, resurrection power, life-giving power. Is that work where? In us. But you know what? That life can be in you, and you, you, you'll go to heaven someday because you've trusted in Jesus, but it can have no effect on your life right now if you just let it lie dormant. And it will. It will. Paul, Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift of God that's in you. Stir it up. Well, I want to tell you tonight, stir up the life of God that's in you. Stir it up. Christ is in you. Be mindful of it. Not just mindful of it, though. Act upon it. Stir it up in your life. The Amplified Classic says here, Now to him who by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly, far above and above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely, 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 sorry, I was thinking of it to infinity and beyond there. My mind just went, I just went totally buzz light year there as I was thinking. Think infinitely, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. Think about this. If I can pray it, God can do infinitely more. If I can think it, he can do more. If I can ask it, he can do more. Glory to God. He said, beyond. The New Living says, now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Now, I want you to notice here again, where is that power? In us. In us. Now, I understand there is a corporate there is a corporate sharing of God's power, and God does manifest himself, sometimes in greater measures 
There's a corporate anointing that we walk in. There's the anointing of God. God does move upon people. But I want you to see something right here. I'm telling you, I don't need a special anointing to have my needs met. It's already in me. If that resurrection power that's in me can't do it, it can't be done. Amen. He said, exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. I like the Passion Translation here. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, years and years ago, Pastor Hagen had a dream that one day he'd stand before multitudes, so many you couldn't count, and preach the gospel. And he thought about it, he prayed about it, and one day, guess what? It came to pass. He stood before a congregation of too many, he couldn't even number, you couldn't even see the end of them. Hallelujah. Now, I know a lot of you, when I read that, maybe your mind went to, you know, you're thinking about that car you want to drive or that house you want to live in. Well, that's okay, but you're not taking any of that with, a, with you. Hallelujah. My, 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 my dreams and my thoughts and my, 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 uh, the more I go, the more I go and the closer we get to the coming of the Lord, my is souls coming into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. People accepting Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and getting delivered, now excuse me, but from the hell of this earth that's going on all around us, this ungodliness that's going on. Thank God we have an answer. We have an answer and it's Jesus Christ. Him crucified and risen from the dead. If you don't know who you are, come to him. He'll tell you who you are. When you get to know him, when you get to know Jesus, you'll get to know who you are. It's impossible to know who you are outside of Jesus Christ. Amen. Look over at Philippians chapter 2. One of the reasons I kind of wanted to go this direction tonight during, this week during class, I asked, I asked students, I said, how many of you have heard the phrase God inside minded? I had a couple hundred people in the class, about 10 of them had ever heard that phrase. So I started, you know, doing some more study and looking up the different ones, you know. God inside minded. It's so important. So important. Look what Philippians chapter 2 says. Verse 13. For it is God which worketh where? In you. Both the will and to do of his good pleasure. Where's God working? In us. Why? Because he's in us. When I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus and believed in my heart that God raised him from the dead, I was saved. The moment that took place, God came to live on the inside of me by the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit came in there, he brought the divine life of God in there. It recreated my spirit. I became a new man in Christ, a new creature in Christ. Old things immediately became, I mean, old things passed away. All things became new and all things on the inside became of God. Now I'm renewing my mind to that and I'm presenting my body on a daily, daily to, to the Lord, but I'm living from the inside out, not from the outside in. Well, I'm telling you, these last few years have made you have to do that. Some folks, you know, just have had just miserable, 
miserable years and, and then got mad. Pastor Craig talked about it's the best year, going to be my best year ever. Oh, how can you say that best year ever? Look at all that happened this year. Well, I had my best year ever. ever. Amen. Good years. Good times. Why? Because what Christ is in us. It's not, listen, Christ in you sets you free from the economy of this world. It sets you free from the health of this world. It sets you free from the mental condition of this world. Christ in us. Glory to God. He's at work in us. First John chapter four. Now I know these aren't new scriptures, but hey, we need to remind ourselves of these things. I know I have to do it for me, so I'm assuming, excuse me if I'm assuming wrong, but I'm just kind of thinking all of us need this from time to time. Just remind ourselves. Glory to God. 1 John 4, verse 4, you are of God. Now stop right there. I, I wrote it in my Bible. I am of God. Well, who are you? I'm of God. Where are you from? Of God. What are you about? Of God. Where are you going? To God. Where is God? In me. Well, he's everywhere, but he's in me too. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Where? In us. Greater, the greater one. Who's he talking about? The mighty Holy Ghost. Glory to God. The spirit of truth. The spirit of life. He's in us. I like the New Living Translation says here, but you belong to God. Oh man, oh man, oh man. So many people trying to find somewhere to belong. I don't feel like I belong anywhere. I've got, I've got, I've got, don't, you don't need to go any further. If you're here tonight and you don't feel like you belong, I've got a group to belong to. It's the family of God. God was in Christ. He's not counting your trespasses, your sins, your mistakes against you. He put that all on Christ. And he's reconciled himself to you tonight. Be reconciled to God. The moment that happens, you're accepted in the beloved. You get adopted as a child, a child uh, into God's family and you belong. Hallelujah. He said, you have already won the victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Hallelujah. Greater. The spirit who lives in me. Say the spirit lives in me. Yeah. On the inside, God inside same chapter. Look at verses 15 and 16. We'll read from the King James. First of all, whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the son of God, God dwells in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love. And he that dwells in love dwells in God and God in him. You know, in Colossians 2, it says this was the mystery. Or Colossians 1, I'm sorry, verse 27. The mystery that was hid. Christ in you. The hope of glory. If the devil knew that God was going to come live inside of you, he'd have left Jesus alone. But God hid it. He hid it from him. And part of the covenant that was made before the foundation of the world that Jesus, Jesus ratified in his blood because God said, part of it was, if anybody accepts you, they're saved and the glory of God comes to live on the inside of them. He said, well, I thought you said God did. Well, the glory of God and the spirit of God, yes. 
I like that in Romans chapter 6, verse 4 says, Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. And then it says in, in Romans 8, verse 11, that if that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. And I've, I, just, I, I have to think of things simply, you know, most of the time. And they say, well, what was it? Was it the glory of God or the spirit of God? Yes, it was. Either one you want to say. All right. Now look here at this verses 15 and 16. Listen to the New Living Translation. All who confess that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. We know, we know how much God loves us, and we put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. Do you see that? God lives in us. I got good news for you tonight. God loves you so much he wants to live in you. If you're a Christian child of God tonight, he does live in you. Now look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. You know, some of the translations talk about God living in us, that, that he takes up residence in us. Others talk about that God to take up residence. And I like the ones that he feels at home in us. Amen. You know, it's one thing to be somewhere and, and might, you might be there, but you may not feel at home there. Glory to God. You know, my, my, uh, our daughter, we just celebrated, it wasn't yesterday, but we celebrated her birthday yesterday. So all of our family, you know, our two children, their spouses and the, the three grandchildren we have now and, uh, uh, were there and, you know, Right when, as soon as my son got there, he started going through the kitchen cabinets. Said, you need something? No, just look and see what you got. Why? He feels at home. He doesn't live there. He's got his own house. Right? Amen. They don't, I learned this, you know, I learned this from my dad. My dad always kept a refrigerator full of waters and sodas. He always has, I mean, always. And he's got cases of it sitting there next to it just in case. It might, you know, it might run out. And so we keep ours stocked up like that. Well, they don't ask me. They feel at home. They don't come to, oh, Father. If in thy mercy and thy grace could see within your divine purpose and will that I might have just a sip out of one of those drinks that you have so abundantly supplied. Why, why do we talk to God that way? He lives in us. It's his will. Glory to God. You find 1 Corinthians 3. Amen. Verse 16. Know you not that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you. Now remember the temple was the place that God's presence dwelt. It dwelt above the cherubim, you know, there above the mercy seat where they'd sprinkle the blood once a year. But that presence of God above the Ark of the Covenant, that mercy seat that was on top in the, on the top of it there, the presence of God that was a type of the presence of God, the Holy of Holies in heaven itself. But God, Pastor Mr. when, when that temp, or uh, I was listening to something the other day talking about when that, when that uh, curtain was rent, the presence of God moved out forever of a temple made with hands. And now dwells in a temple 
that God has made in us, his spiritual temple, if you will. And the Amplified here says that, know that you're not that you are corporately and individually the temple of God. There, there is a presence of God in us as we come together that's greater. It, 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 greater, it seems to magnify and multiply as we get together. But there's also the presence of God in us. We are the temple of God. So his presence and his glory moved out of that earthly temple and moved into us. Look what it says over in chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. 1 Corinthians 6, verses 19 and 20. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own. Now notice, where is it? In us. In me. It's in me. It's in you. He resides on the inside of us. He's in there. That's miraculous just to think about in itself, that God could actually dwell inside of a person. But he said, you're not your own, for you are bought with a price, bought by the blood of Jesus, redeemed. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's, all of us. We belong to God. And he's come to live on the inside of us. Now, Brother Hagin used to joke, what's he then there for, hitching a ride through life? No, God's not a hitchhiker. He came in there to live on the inside of us so that we might have life. And how did Jesus say, and have it more what? Abundantly. Abundantly. Someone has pointed out, many have pointed out, that if you look at that word abundantly, it means super abundant in quantity and superior in quality. Now, we know heaven's going to be that way, but we've got that life in us now. We can live on this life, on this earth, a life that's superior in quality and super abundant in quantity. Amen. Look over at 2 Corinthians. We'll finish up with this tonight. Just want to stir us up, remind us. Hallelujah. I enjoy talking about these things because that life, we are spirit beings. Sometimes, you know, we get so caught up in natural things that we begin to, if we're not careful, we think naturally. And everything that's happening around us takes priority. And instead of looking at things, because when, when I'm God inside minded, it gives me God's perspective on what's happening outside. But when I'm not God inside minded, I'm limited to whatever information I'm told or that I perceive with my five senses. That's how I gain information. And God gave them to us, thank God. Hebrews 5 says they can be trained, our senses can be trained to discern both good and evil. Praise God for that. But as we're training, thank God we can be God inside-minded. Now, one of the greatest ways to be God inside-minded that I found is to pray in tongues. Pray in the Spirit. Building up yourself on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Well, how often? All the time. I mean, pray all the time, just for personal edification. Now, I will say this. If you're praying and all you can pray is in tongues and you don't, then you don't know the Word. You need to know what the Word of God says so you can pray the Word over the situation. But we do need to edify ourselves, build ourselves up. That's how we stay full of the Holy Ghost. Be filled with the Spirit, Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5. Be ever filled, continually filled 
with the Spirit. And it's not that the Spirit leaks off or anything like that or that something happens to the Holy Spirit. It's our being God inside minded that needs to be refreshed. There are times of refreshing that come from the presence of the Lord. And we need to be refreshed in the things of God. Let those refreshings come. Here in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning in verse 14. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion has light with darkness? So here the believers called uh, fel- uh, righteousness and the unbeliever unrighteousness. The believers called light and the unbeliever darkness. What concord hath Christ with Belial? What part has he that believes with an infidel? So you can see the contrast as he's going on here. And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, says the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. Now, he's writing this. Remember, he's writing to people. It's amazing that he writes to the Corinthians of all the all the peoples that he could write to in the Bible, the Corinthians, oh my goodness, they were the church of excess. Amen. They had all kinds of stuff going on there. When they got together to have like communion and the Lord, they would have a feast and they just wouldn't eat a little wafer or a piece of bread, a matzo bread. They'd, they'd just gorge themselves. They, they, they would just eat so much, you know, that they were almost falling over food drunk. And then look, if a little, a little drink of the, of the communion wine was good, let's just go ahead and bring some barrels and let's have at it. They did everything to the excess. He said, when y'all come together, y'all, everybody has a teaching. Everybody has a, so they all wanted to prophesy. They all wanted to give a message in tongues. They all wanted to stand up and preach. Paul had to calm that down. He told them in the very beginning, and you're carnal because you're divided up. One's, one says, I'm of Paul. One says, I'm of Apollos. Others, you, you think Peter's, you know. Others of you, you know, the, the really spiritual, I'm of Jesus, you know. I don't follow any man, brother. Okay, good for you. You're carnal still if you divide yourself up from the rest of the body of Christ. Well, you know, we speak in tongues and they don't, so, you know. We're not any better Christian than they are. In fact, I know a lot of folks that don't speak in tongues are really good Christians. I wish some tongue talkers would learn from them. (laughs) Keep preaching, brother. That's really good. All right. He says, come out from among them. He said, verse 18, I will be a father unto you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Glory to God. Here again, we're called the temple of God. Now, not just because, listen, this is, the, this is the first work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. This isn't even the baptism with the speak, evidence of speaking in tongues. This is every Christian. See, don't ever tell a believer that's a born-again person they don't have the Holy Spirit because they do. Now, Paul asked him, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And they said, we didn't even hear there was a Holy Spirit. Any of you raised in that church? Right? Didn't even, Holy Spirit. Now, we talked, we mentioned Holy Spirit, but we didn't know him. Right? But, you know, he, he, he said, well, where were you baptized? Said, well, we, we heard what John said, so we baptized. We're getting ready for Messiah. He said, well, let me tell you about him. He's come. And they got baptized in the name of Jesus, and the Holy Spirit fell on them. They spoke in tongues, right? Praise the Lord, about 12 men there at the time that that happened. But the Holy Spirit lives in us. 
And when he came, he brought, he's God. So he is life. And when we become God inside minded by the experience, not just the knowledge, but experiencing that life, that life, by how? Acknowledge every good thing that's in you. Start living from the inside out. So now wait a minute. Now my body feels this, but what's on the inside of me? The healing power of God's on the inside of me. So body, you're going to have to line up. You're going to have to change in Jesus' name. Amen. Now we all deal with things, you know. Amen. You know, I've seen somebody put a meme out of, some, of the, you know, somebody that's like they're, they're a teenager and something happened. They, they jump out of bed, you know, and get ready for the day. You know, when you get older, you think you jump out of bed. And, you know, if you're not careful, if you jump out of bed, you fall on the floor. You're never going to have so much faith and so much of the, that you can keep yourself from getting older, but you don't, have to, you don't have to be feeble. But you might have to watch your balance every once in a while. Just You young people, I'm just giving you a heads up here, okay? You know, somebody said, what would you tell your younger self? Never, never stop working out. Never, ever, 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 ever. Keep doing it all the time. Exercise thyself unto godliness and physically. Glory to God. Because when you're 62 and the alarm goes off at four in the morning, you can think of gazillion reasons why to just lay there. Now afterwards, how many of you know that the afterward feeling? Woo, glory. Man, but that never lasts. Because the next time that the 4 a.m. alarm goes off, that same feeling's back. Amen. You start rationalizing, you know, the night before. Well, you know, really, you know. Glory to God. But you know what? You know what? If you got, a, if you got an early morning airplane ride to some tropical island somewhere, you're up before the alarm goes off, right? I mean, you know what I'm saying? So what is, it's my attitude that needs to change. Well, I need to be God inside minded. Glory to God. And all of the rest of it, because that, that's going to tend to life. Say it with me. I've got the life of God on the inside of me. Greater is he. Greater is the life of God. Greater is the love of God. Greater is the peace of God than he that's in the world. The greater one is in me. And I can be God inside minded. And I can have faith that works and I can do what God says I can do because he's in me working all things out according to his good pleasure in Jesus name. Amen. Praise God. Let's all stand up together for our prayer team. We'll go ahead and come on down. Hallelujah. In God's word. Wonderful. Hallelujah. Preach, preach these things to yourself on a continual basis. You know, you ought to, you ought to study, the, the Bible says, study the word to, that you might be a workman that's approved unto God that needs not be ashamed. If nothing else, if nothing else, study the word of God to get some good sermons to preach to yourself. Because you're going to need them. Because sometimes you don't, you know, you, you know, we only have three, three of these services a week. And of course we've got books and tape. But you know, sometimes, sometimes all you got you. You better be the best preacher you know to yourself tell yourself, you know, you got that, you got that, you know, sometimes that carnal congregation, me, myself, and I, you got to preach to them. 
so that they become, hey, let's get back. Let's get back here. God inside minded. What's going on on the inside? Well, the Holy Ghost is in me. He leads me and guides me. Glory to God. He empowers me. The life of God's in me. Life is in glory to God. The life of God is flowing through my veins. My veins and arteries are clear and functioning and flowing. Glory to God. My cholesterol levels are perfect. My lymphatic system operates perfectly. Why? Because the life of God is flowing in me. It's on the inside of me and it's quickening this mortal body. It's making me alive. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The hope of glory is on the inside. Christ in me. The hope of glory. Amen. I was studying this earlier today, you know, and just thinking about it, and I just started singing to myself about it. It wasn't a song I knew. I just started singing. Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Sing it out. Let it take you over so you can't do anything. But when your Bible says, all you got, you just got, you can't help it. You got to talk about it. Well, who am I talking to? It doesn't matter. That's the devil's going to answer. Who are you talking to? Well, if you want to listen, devil, just hang around. He's not going to stay around while you talk about who you are in Christ. I'll guarantee you that. Amen. Listen, if you need prayer for anything tonight, come on down. Ladies to the ladies, men to the men. We know that God, God has an answer for you in his word. That's how they're going to pray with you. We're so glad that you're with us tonight. God bless you. Don't forget the different tomorrow at 1230 with the, uh, the, the celebration of life for Lacey Gonzalez. And... Uh, her family, some, some still live here. In fact, her sister still goes to, is a church here with her, her, her two little ones. And uh, Chad, and, uh, Chad and Jake, I saw they were flying in and be a lot of different folks here. But for them and then all the other ones, Miss Jan at the end of the week and then on the 12th, uh, uh, Brother Harold and uh, Meeks' brother. And uh, be, at, be at those. But then Wednesday night, hour of power. We'll see you here. God bless you. Tell somebody you love them before you leave. In Jesus' name, amen.